Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. I'm Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me this week, Kid Presentable. Hey, hey, fellas. Uh, no Lavender Gooms this week. Uh, he'll be back next week, but we'll carry on with Adam. We got his picks for this UFC card. Um, so uh, let's get into it, boys. Last week, we uh, we crowned... The greatest action movie ever based on a, based on two hours of prep work and forgetting stuff constantly and making adjustments in the middle of the show. Um, and it was like, hey guys, come up with a list off the top of your head um, and don't do too much research. Yeah. In fairness, it was that or there was going to be no podcast. Um, so uh, I think we, we, we had a good list. Uh, I know personally a notable omission from my personal list was uh, Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. But um, that said, it was it, it was really fun to do. But like what I realized when we were thinking of action movies, there's so much crossover within action, right? Movies could technically be sci-fi. They could I mean, technically be fantasy. Um, that's it, why, it's like, pretty wide encompassing. Honestly, like, yeah, there's like really just like the big like categories of movies of like drama you know action i don't know what else to even like i mean that covers 90 percent of them right there comedy like within those there's such sub branches like we spent all that time on on like superhero movies which is just a section of action movies you know what i mean like like i mean you just reminded me no one takes like the oscars seriously anymore but it, it it personally irks me that it's best comedy or musical like I'm like, oh, that's yeah, Golden Globes. We're, we're, we're not even. We're just gonna shove these two things together that aren't the same thing. Oh, but. that's Golden Globes. The Oscars just ignores comedy entirely. It's even. It's even worse. Okay. But yeah, com- I get com- ignoring musical, but not comedy. Come on. Yeah, I mean, these are. I mean, it's movies also. It's also sub- subject- subjective. There's no right I answer here. There's no so right answer here. I mean, I, I, sh- I showed except for our action movie bracket. That was perfect objective science. There's yeah. no room for dispute. Predator one. Yeah, I showed it to one of my friends. He's like, I haven't seen half these fucking movies, man. I I, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, The Matrix. I guess I showed another friend. He's like, I'm going with The Rock, and I'm like, So I were friends, man. Like it was, yeah. I mean, like I mean, literally, it was halfway through the show. I'm like, Hey, we forgot Indiana Jones. Let's shove that in there. So anyway, um, this week we're gonna talk about. We're gonna pay lip service to. Let me re- re- rephrase it. We're gonna pay lip service to the card that was last weekend. Um. Headlined by Marvin Vittori and uh, Danson Jack Hermanson. Um, really, we're just going to talk about that fight. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the news. We got some cuts. We got some uh, ridiculous boxing booked. Um, I was going to say, you have to mention that bad boy. Yeah. Um, I like. I was talking to Mike about it. Uh, and Mike's just like, this is the one who knocked out Nate Robinson? I'm like, no. Floyd's got to earn the right to fight that one. He's got to work his way up to that ball, brother. <laughs> um, and it looks like Mike Tyson and Vander Holyfield might happen. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, then we're going to make our picks for UFC 256, where the UFC found a champion who is willing to fight all the fucking time, I guess, because uh, Figueroa's back three weeks later, defending that title. Um, let's get into it. Um, first off, Marvin Vittori, Jack Hermanson. 
Marcus, we were working under the assumption this whole time that when um, Izzy Adesanya, the reigning middleweight champion, had some difficulty with um, Marvin Vittori in his, I think, his second UFC fight, I want to say. Um, we all thought it was just, oh, you know, it's Izzy's growing pains. He doesn't know how to deal with the guy grappling, blah, 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 blah. The narrative coming out of this fight is like, hey, maybe Marvin Vittori is something. Because um, Jack Hermanson, I think, was a top five to seven middleweight right there. I think he was like four or something. Yeah, big win for him. Uh, what would you think of his performance? Mm-hmm. Um, I was really impressed. And, and to, to be fair, I was really impressed with Marvin in that Izzy fight. I was impressed that you know he was able to to steal that last round away from him with with good, solid wrestling. Um, and I've always had you know somewhat of an eye on him, although like I hadn't really been paying super close attention to his fights leading up to this, this was a short notice fight. I think he's supposed to, um, I think Kermans was supposed to fight Kevin uh, Holland, who's going to be fighting this weekend, I believe. Is that correct, Bob? I yeah, that's, that's, what... that's assuming that Kevin Holland doesn't still have, doesn't still have coronavirus. COVID. Which... It's been a week. Yeah, it's so a week. It's like, that's so... safe, cool. Sure, why not? Okay. Um, yeah, but so, I mean, going into that fight, I I, I still thought Jack was going to win. He, he has looked so impressive. So I was really impressed with um, uh, Marvin. And I think the thing that impressed a lot of people that didn't, it still impressed me, but I kind of knew he had that subset. Is like he has really good wrestling <laughs> for an Italian fighter. His wrestling wrestling is pretty good, and it's not just getting takedowns; it's also staying on top and grappling. Because Jack Hermanson, you know, I, I think Marvin won a couple rounds just by able to get him down. And even though uh, Jack was very active on the bottom, you know, trying to get positions, Marvin was just there to, to hold him down and, and, to, and to steal those rounds. And then, um, you know, the stand up is really, I think, where he shined um, as a southpaw. Had a fantastic lead left straight, was landing it all night. Uh, won the first round by knocking Jack on his ass. Um, you know, maybe even a potential uh, 10-8 round. Uh, and then from there, you know, I, I think what was really impressive in the fight in the third round, Jack started turning it around. He his pace started getting a lot better. He started landing more consistently, and it looked like Marvin's stamina was really going down. And rounds four and five, he just picked it up. Like I don't, I don't know if it was just good cornering, if they inspired him, if he was saving something in the tank. But in that third round, you could see the momentum shift, and Marvin didn't let it happen. You know, in the fourth and fifth rounds, he came out strong and he won those rounds. And, and I think that is really impressive. You don't often see a fighter win the first couple rounds and see the stamina and the gas tank kind of go down, and then to be able to recoup that and, and to to not fend off that momentum shift. So I think that was really impressive. So obviously his stand-up looks a lot better. Um, and in his corner, Bobby, did you get to see the main event at all? No, I just saw, I so, saw the day through, like they, they broke the record for most strikes, I think in a middleweight five round fight. Though, or something, so. Yeah. And I think maybe Gaslam and Izzy was the holder before yeah, that. I think that's, they said. that's some high, you know, that was a violent fight. So yeah. Yeah. And this wasn't as violent. I mean, these guys were tagging each other, but they weren't all like, you know, knockout his, especially Marvin. I think his left straight, he didn't sit down on it super hard all the time, but it was just consistent. It was fast. It had good power behind it. Um, and he knew when to throw it. Uh, but uh, Ralphio Cordero was in his corner. I don't know. I'm yeah. probably butcher his name. Yeah, no. Well, Rafael, but yeah. Yeah. Cordero. And, and uh, Trevor Whitman made note of it in the booth. Like, he's actually a really good cornerman. <laughs> he, like, just, he basically told him to throw down, like, okay, you won those first two. You lost that one. You need to throw more. And he, it, it was very simplistic advice, but it was really good. It was exactly what he needed to do, and Marvin did it. So that's some kind of chemistry in, in that corner that I think absolutely you- helped Marvin dig deep and his corner was allowing him to know exactly where he was in the fight, what he needed to improve. And it wasn't over convoluted notes that were just like, you, well, you have to keep it simple. 
And that's what he did. Well, you know what I'm thinking now? I'm wondering if uh, Marvin got to train with Mike Tyson. Because Maybe. That's, that's what Cordero was doing the weekend before. I mean, that's Ste- true. Steph, um, this is going to be an odd question, but I'm thinking now that, like, you know, we haven't had any. I can't really think of another MMA fighter from Italy besides, uh, do you remember um, Legionarius? Um, Alessio Sakara. Um, do you think, I don't know. I mean, there's never really been, like, you know, when you hear a guy from Dagestan, you're like, all right, this guy's going to be like this. Uh, this guy's from England. All right, that means he's going to have striking. Or, you know, this guy's a farm boy from Iowa. We know what he's going to be like. We really don't have a way to pigeonhole Italian fighters. Do you think that's what's left some of, like, you know, maybe people not taking Marvin seriously or just not knowing what they were getting into with him? Because he's uh, he's won, it looks like, four in a row, I think. Um, um. Yeah, when I think of Italy, soccer is really only sport I associate to them. Yeah. Um, you know, they had Andrea Bargnani as the one Italian player that played basketball. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, this is not, it's not necessarily a factory known for anything. Uh-huh. I don't know that they have any historical ties to wrestling, boxing. There's not, yeah, like there's not really a martial art that originates from there. Yeah. Um, even though the great Roman Empire, uh, you know, much conquest, but that's just a different style of warfare. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's, it's not that I think badly or negatively because he's italian or anything i just don't think of anything yeah we just did he almost was like a very much a blank slate like this is just a guy fighting continually and like he was just known as a guy who gave izzy some problems that it's was a it. name that i heard but yeah it didn't necessarily stand out any one way or the other but you know what maybe he's like gsp and he can just get molded into like a fighting warrior right because yeah uh while gsp had his like traditional like taekwondo background like that wrestling was all for MMA. There was no history or background of that, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he's uh, won four straight since losing a split to Izzy. Wins over uh, Cesar Ferreira, Andrew Sanchez, Carl Roberson, and Jack Hermanson. Not necessarily a bunch of world beaters, but names you recognize there. So, um, we'll see. Co-main event I do want to ha- throw, uh, was it Giorgio Petrosian? I think he's Italy, too. He's Italian. <laughs> no, that's Armenian. I looked it up. <laughs> Petrosian isn't Armenian? All this whole time I'm working on the fact that he's a Georgian. I mean, he could be ethnically Bobby, and he uh, could just be nationally Italian. Okay, because I thought he was Armenian this whole time. Anyway, um, co-main event saw OSP miss weight and get knocked out by a guy whose nickname is Sweet Dreams. So I don't – I didn't see any of this fight, but I saw a picture of him smoking at the – okay, not an actual photograph, a cartoon rendition of him. I don't know if it was a cigarette or a joint but smoking something after the press conference i guess he's still undefeated that's the only thing yeah. i learned of this fight um looks like he's nine and oh 27 years old um i mean he's 27 i'm sorry 29 years old nine and oh light heavyweight doesn't hurt to have those around steph huh let's see what he's got yeah it's uh i mean it's pretty wide open right yeah. now um i don't think we we don't they haven't officially declared what they're doing with this belt, right? Well, I think the, they said it was going to be Izzy versus the champion is uh, Polish power. But yeah, but then the old man made a compelling argument that you just give him the fight. So I don't know where we stand now. Well, I think he also said, man, I'm old. Can I just fight him? Like, like also, they were like, Izzy's going to fight him in March. I'm like, are we that confirmed on all this stuff that, like, we got to wait till March? Like, Izzy just beat a guy in, like, two rounds without getting hit. Um, yeah, um... Rachel Ostovich, was that this week or the week before? That was the week before. Uh, Matt Matt Wyman got hit with a, a Farouk from WWE level Spinebuster. Got knocked out. Had a smile on his face. It was real. Yeah, it was rough. 
Uh, when you get on the front page of Reddit, Reddit when you're Matt Wyman, it's not for good reasons. Um, so, yeah, Luis Smolka got a win. It was only eight fights on this card because everybody got COVID. That's The UFC is not, not going to cancel a card. That's just it. It's not going to happen. Not now. <laughs> Period. We're not going to start canceling fights now. That's not going to happen. Um, we'll talk about the card next week in a few minutes here. Um, we got some news, though. Um, probably the biggest news of this week, MMA-wise, was UL Romero got cut. Um... And uh, I do like that the way they announced it, Mark, is when Dana White's like, well, you know, he's 44 years old. You know, he's lost all these fights. And I'm like, yeah, we knew all this. He's been this old. He, You kept giving him title fights. Like, <laughs> yeah, like his last fight was a title. It was a title fight, right? Yeah, his was last, his last yeah. against three of his last. I mean, it would have made more sense if you fired him right after that fight and be like, look it. That fight was so bad. I have to let this guy go. For, is it a confirmed firing? Because when I initially heard the news, it read like a mutually agreed release from contract. Yeah. Okay. And I say, I'm sorry if I said fired. He got released, but like depending on who you asked, it was you know UFC cutting their budget and or this guy saying he wanted out. Four of his last five fights were for the interim, were for the middleweight championship or the interim middleweight championship. The one he won was when he missed weight by three pounds. So, yeah. I mean, that's, look, we, there's a million reasons why you could let Romero go. It's just weird that it's like <laughs> three months after his like last performance, which was, you know, pretty damning. It's just like, all right. Yeah, I, it, I guess it's not surprising, but like, I don't know. I think his age is like the least of his problems. I don't I mean, I don't know. Did he not fight? at all against Izzy because he was old or just because he's just that kind of guy. Yeah, I don't he's really just, know. It's a strange guy, yeah. Um, he got cut. Rachel Ostovich got cut coming off of her last loss there. That's um, fair. Yeah. Um, I, I think find I, it weird. I don't mean to bury her, but I'm going to a little bit. I find it weird that her name is leading this story considering she's lost three in a row, finished in all of them. Her record is four and six. She's not particularly good and with all due respect, she's not so attractive that like she's leading the charge of this headline because yeah. everyone is listing her name first in the sea of cuts. And if you're cutting sixty people, Rachel Ostovich is not the first person that deserves to be brought to the forefront. I think the record speaks for itself. I, I mean, you there's not really anyone in the UFC with a losing record. I, I think it's hard to have any fighter on the roster that is has more losses than wins. And I, I mean, I think to her credit. She was on a season of The Ultimate Fighter. I think she won a couple of fights on that. So it wasn't, you know, if you count those, it's a little closer to even. But in actual, you know, recorded competition, yeah, she has a losing record. I think it's time she needs to go back to Invicta and sharpen those skills. But like you said, Steph, I think she, I think they allowed her to fight so often because there is some marketability with her. You know, she is an attractive lady. She has a horrible backstory with her husband and the abuse that she went through. Yeah. Um, but I, I can see why they were interested in, in keeping her around for as long as they did. But after this last fight where she got, I mean, I only saw glimpses of it, but one was the finish and one was this weird. She was getting in a North and she was in like a North South choke and she just like backwards flipped into back position, which was strangely interesting and in, in a maneuver I've not seen before. So, you know, I, I think she'll go back to Invicta. I think she needs to sharpen the skills a little bit, get that record, you know, get some wins under her belt. And I, I would not be surprised if we see her back in the UFC, but at this point, yeah, she needs to go. Yeah. There has been a stretch here where the UFC has really been booking the attractive women fighting each other uh, thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's why she probably stuck around more, but yeah, you know, you root for her because of the struggle she had too. And we'll see what she can do in Invicta. Um, if they're looking for people to cut, I would like to nominate some people. 
Um, all right. How, how about we? Me. How about we cut some of, of the uh, domestic abusers? Yeah, you know. Yeah, Bob. Right when you said that, I started. I think we had the I'm same like, name. Uh, in mind. There's one fucking idiot that definitely deserves to. Be I got cut. two actually. Um, oh. one of them is Greg Hardy. Uh, that'd oh, be nice. I wasn't even thinking about that. I feel, I feel that'd be a good one to get rid of. Doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. Mike Perry. I feel it would be good for him to get cut too because I think the man needs to do some like, you know, he needs to balance his checkbook of life because th- what he's doing now isn't working. And I don't want to get a man fired necessarily when he's got a child on the way, but like. I don't think you understand. Per Dana White's court of law, unless there is a hard conviction, then nothing occurred whatsoever. It's absolute. It's like that one judge where if you win one round, you win every round. That's Dana Law in the court of domestic did, did, what was it? Wasn't that guy Grisby? Remember that Grisby guy? Didn't he get cut I mean, just based on allegations? He was going to get a title fight. I don't know. That was like four years ago. That was... Yeah. I, I don't mean, know look, why I mean, look the UFC is printing money this year, folks. They're printing money, and um, they're going to cut 60 people. And I don't think the lawsuit's going that well. I'm just going to put that out there. Don't think the lawsuit's going that well. Also, they don't need all these people under contract. I mean, yeah, I mean, not for people losing their job, but look how little interest I've had watching event to event because yeah. the name value, the star value, the story value, it's just not there. Mm. You keep handing out 10 contracts a week on this weekly show to a bunch of nobodies that I don't watch or know anything about. Like, mm. if that's what this roster is going to be, it's just going to be guys making the bare <laughs> minimum and then a handful of stars. How about you still signing 10 guys a week? You find a way to get me John Jones in a heavyweight title fight. Well, let's work on that. Let's get the really good ones in the cage. You know, just saying. Um, but yeah, um, maybe some of these shitty people we can cut. Just putting yeah. it out there. Yeah, you, if you have six. If you're looking at sixty people, I think my you know what? Easy I'm gonna put it out there. I don't think you should be in the UFC with less than seven fights. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe I, I five. How about five? Let's pick a number. The only reason why I, I I think they're more hesitant on Greg Hardy is I, I do think he has because of his his the the part of his background which isn't no he has a world of potential whatever, is is I think somewhat of a draw and well he has least, a world of potential too honestly he's a super athlete that's part right of and I think that's what they see and they're and they're but like with Mike Paris it's like I don't know what you're seeing this guy like he's, what, 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 he's what a fun, I, yeah <laughs> he's a fun journeyman you know and that's great and I love journeyman but like. If I was Mike Perry's, like, dude, there's a little pond over there in Bellator. You can really make some splashes, and they'll they'll look at. We could be in Mike Perry's corner for the, the criteria that Bellator goes through. So, I mean, I think he won't have any problems with having whoever gets the highest bid on his next eBay auction to I mean, be his cornerman. Bellator, uh, whatever. Well, one FC would take him. I'm yeah. just saying you don't you don't need Mike Perry. You have enough guys who will just go and fight. All right, who will throw down? We have there's plenty of those stand and bang. Yeah, guys. he fought one of them, and Tim Means beat him on like a week's notice. So. Yeah, if and dude missed weight by like eight pounds too. Let's yeah. just keep racking up shit that like obviously he should. Did be he get a bar for? fight? Also with somebody like he oh come on, old man. Yeah, that happened, right? Yeah, okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if Mike Perry were cut, I would bet on if they had a line for where he would sign. It'd be the bare knuckle boxing one. That's oh, the yeah. one that no, was absolutely, happen. absolutely, because they would they would throw good money at him. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I thought they, I thought they signed somebody recently. Oh, they did say they're not interested in Anderson Silva, and I'm just like, really? I don't think Anderson was looking. Um, well, Anderson- I, will, I said this to Mark when we were chatting. Is uh, after watching that Tyson versus Roy Jones, I was like, 
okay, I guess Anderson could box Roy Jones Jr. Like, after watching that, I'm like, oh, he tires real quickly. Like, Anderson's still somewhat in shape. He's just not that good anymore. I would watch that. I did, I'm, uh, this old man boxing thing, as long as, no, until somebody gets hurt, then I'm going to feel bad. But like, oh, okay. I, I, although I do need it to be the combination, Bobby. I need it. To, I need on the one hand because I like. I told Mark Buster Douglas is calling out Mike Tyson. I'm down for the old man re, uh, rematch. But on the other side of it, I need the Paul brother versus. I need yeah, that as well. I need, I need the subplot of random athlete calls out Paul, uh, but yeah. doesn't know. Oh, yeah, I think it was one some part, hockey player. Now is doing it. Yeah, it's we just, need one part celebrity boxing and one part old guys boxing. <laughs> and then, boom, you got a pay-per-view. So, uh, yeah, people haven't heard the news. It's going to be Mike, T- uh, not Mike Tyson, um, Floyd Mayweather. Um, not related to this Legends thing, whatever. Mike, he's doing it himself. It's Floyd Mayweather taking on Logan Paul? Yeah, uh, he's the, the elder one. The elder one who um, has a lot, who just last lost, I think, his last boxing match against... He lost to KS. I thought thought that was a... Wasn't there like a draw and a a loss? I don't remember what happened. Oh, they both box? I thought that was the same one. No, no, they both box. This is the older one. This is the... The uh, younger brother is seeming a little better because he's knocking out guys. I think the older one is the bigger piece of shit, right? With the Suicide Forest thing? I think it's the older one. I think it's the older one. was in the Suicide Forest. I think the younger one might be the one who had all of his guns seized. Um, Probably. But, <laughs> these idiots. Um, it's impressive. <laughs> I mean, I guess good for getting famous and getting paid, kids. But Jesus, what a mess. Um, I just, I mean, I they're calling it an exhibition. I'm just saying, the last time Floyd was in an exhibition, tension Nakazawa. Jake, I mean, Logan should call tension and ask how the how went for him. Because I mean. Don't just look at the the Tyson Roy Nelson no knockdown fight. Mm. Look at that one where he. I mean, look at. I have my suspicions, but in every Floyd Mayweather match I've ever seen, he looked ten times more deadly in the expedition than he did in actual <laughs> real fights. Well, what happens when we find somebody overmatched? I guess um, kid who's and uh, I guess this Logan outweighs him by thirty pounds. Which I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Oh, that's why. I mean, this like, isn't going to be Floyd's not big. This guy's a big, you know, meaty white American boy. There's going to be a I little saw Floyd Mayweather knocked out the big show. You know how big the big show is? Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, broke his nose, too. Real mean. Um, okay. I mean, honestly, uh, whatever. I think um, they should, you know, I, I'm surprised there isn't just the M- I mean, I don't know how you do the MMA version of this. I guess Bellator is what the MMA version of this is. Uh, Pride had freak show fights all the time, Bobby, yeah. and it was great. Bobby, celebrity MMA, Shaq has been calling out a million people. Well, Shaq's going to Shaq, realize he's old. He's going to wrestle instead. I don't even like that idea. Jesus. Um, and when, when I say freak show, too, it wasn't just like the, the actual literal freaks. It was like, oh, here's this <laughs> random comedian, and he's going to fight some guy. It wasn't always just giant Silva and Mario Yarrowboro, whatever, the, the giant sumo guy. It was also just like, oh, look at this. I, I don't know why they were always black comedians, but it was always like, look at this African-American, okay, African-Japanese comedian, and he's going to fight some legit MMA guy, and let's see how that goes. And that was fun. Fair enough. Um, and, uh, yeah, Mike Tyson and uh, Holyfield are talking. Okay. Everybody uh, wants in now. L- let's do it, man. Well, because I think... Mike called Evander and said, you know how much money I just got paid to throw body shots at Roy Jones Jr.? I prefer Buster Douglas. He can still put together a coherent sentence. Like, Evander doesn't even need to take exhibition punches anymore. I kind of agree with that. The last time I did hear Evander, he he did seem a little... Is Buster all fucked up, though? Is Buster okay? I thought Buster was all fucked up. He's fine. He's just fat. Okay. 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 I was going to say. I was pretty positive he was, you know, overweight. Hey, look, if I'm a 
you know, retired boxer, as long as I'm going to keep my six pack or anything. But I remember him being a plump gentleman. So I'm all for it, you know. It, and but it is what Stefan said. This is all fun and games until one of these dudes gets seriously hurt. Yeah. And I think like they just, by the luck of God, this last event just turned out well. They had a competitive match. No one seriously Dude, got hurt. Everybody, here's the thing: all these pay per views are doing well. It's not an accident. All the WWE, all the UFC pay per views are doing well, no matter what's on it. Like motherfuckers are home and looking for something to watch. Like it's really yeah. it. It's you the know? time to strike. I just, I just worry about a guy like Tyson who is like taking a lot of punches and hasn't always taken them well, and like he's had to do a lot of soul searching throughout his life. I don't need him to get beat up and bite another man's ear because he made me look ugly in front of my kids. You know, it's just not the. We just don't need that again. Tyson has has done enough in his life. He does not need to get back in there and spoil us with more combat sports. But that eh, seems to be the way we're going. So, I mean, well, I'm not going to stop. I'm like, um, before we get into the picks here, I was listening to uh, uh, one of Mark's favorite guys, Josh Barnett, um, on uh, Rene Paquette's uh, podcast. These are uh, deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Josh Barnett. Apparently, did you know Josh Barnett fought like a month and a half ago in a bare knuckle oh, boxing match in Poland? Did you? I, I, might I had no idea this happened. I didn't see it. I had no right. idea, and I'm just like, I don't know. Josh Barnett did that. I don't know how he got to Poland, and I let him do this. But yeah, Josh Barnett's still fighting people, even though he's under contract with Bellator. He needed to go in there and do something. So I didn't see that, but I saw in Russia where a 140 pound woman, yes, fought I see this. the 350 plus pound man who had no fighting experience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's did you see him roll into the octagon? Because that was pretty athletic. <laughs> Well, Mark, is this what you said, freak show fight? I and mean, then you said not the freak freaks. So I'm like, what? oh, I know yes. the freak show fight. That's well, the freak show fight. Well, what happened in that one? I'm curious now. Uh, she knocked him the fuck out, but he was a good spirit. And uh, he took a photo with her at, after where she's standing on him like a hunting trophy. Um, so, uh, <laughs> this guy, I don't he, know anything about him. No fighting background whatsoever. He was just an obese man. Um, and they seemed, had a- I mean, Bobby, the way this man rolled into because he, he didn't do a somersault. He literally laid down and rolled like a log across their octagon and then got up pretty quick. I was like, oh, this guy's spry at least. But I mean, again, like that was the only way you want that fight to turn out. Having just a giant man club, you know, a woman that's 200 pounds less. It was just a bad look. So it's just like, OK, th- these things are working out the way they need to, but it doesn't mean we need to keep rolling it back and be like, let's roll these dice again, baby. It's like, all right, we got lucky. Let's just move on. With the uh, Tyson Jones one, since we really didn't talk about this last week, uh, when I, uh, Ben Folks likes to say sometimes about MMA fights where, like, everybody got to do their stuff, you know? That's how I felt about the Tyson Jones fight, where, like, Jones got to do some movement and throw some jabs and shit. Mike got to uncork some hooks more to the body, you know. Everybody got to do their stuff, and nobody got too hurt. So that's really what we need to stick in that wheelhouse with all this stuff. I mean, it's kind of what you want from a an exhibition is for your athletes to display their skills without mm. taking serious harm. We just knew going into that, like, well, these two guys, everything in the interviews are saying it's they're not treating it like an expedition. They want to knock the other guy out. Um, but it's just, yeah, it turned out great. So it's just like, oh, thank God. We had a nice, fun fight. Everyone got to look good. These two guys got to feel great again. But, you know, let's just hope that continues and it's not like, oh, Mike Tyson went flatline when he got knocked out horrifically. You know, I don't want to see that headline. I want to see like, oh, these guys had a good let, match. Let, good for the old timers. Make sure everybody's medicals are up to date because you said Buster Douglas exactly. and I'm just I'm having a Dada 5000 flashback right now. So let's just make sure everybody's got their shit together. You know, let's just Agreed. do that. Um, 
All right, let's talk about it. UFC 256 this weekend from the, I always say performance center accident, UFC Apex. Right. Um, headlined by the man who headlined UFC 255, Davison Figueredo, the reigning defending UFC flyweight champion. I hope he does a whole bunch of interviews this week with no shirt on and sunglasses while Waleed just barks shit. Just barks shit. Again, we told you this last time. Just look up Walid Ismail interviews and just, you'll be a happy person. Um, Davis and Figueredo taking on the number one contender for that title, Brandon Moreno. Uh, Brandon Moreno still looks about 12 years old, but he's coming off of three straight wins. Last one on at UFC 255, knocking out Brandon Roy, uh, Royville. Um, he has wins over Kai Kara France and Jussier Formiga. Um, before that, he got Stefan's favorite result. He got a draw against a gentleman named Askar Askarov, who now has my favorite name in the UFC, because that's excellent. It's just his first name twice with Av at the end. Great. I like it. Uh, yeah. Um, he's really put some wins together here, man. And Brandon Moreno, uh, 27 years old, the assassin baby, um, is a good nickname. It's a little clunky, but it, I, I mean, he took, it. He took the baby face assassin, yeah. rearranged some words, yeah. cut some out, and there you go. Yeah, that's it worked. Um, coming into this fight... Figueredo um, is the overwhelming favorite, I'm imagining. <laughs> yeah, uh, Figueredo's coming in at minus 300 to plus 250, Brandon Moreno. So Mike has uh, Mike sent me his picks. He's taken uh, Figueredo, um, which, you know, makes sense. Um, Figueredo, I'm going to go Figueredo also. Um, I think... I think uh, the comparison to Robbie Lawler's title reign of this is not going to end well, but it's going to be really fun, I think is a fair one because this guy just kind of blitzkriegs people, and I'm all for it. So let's. Uh, I think I think he's going to get another one done here, though. Mark, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, I, I think maybe a little harsh with Robbie. We had seen you know years of him on the decline. Mm. Figure it is only lost one fight in his career. Um, he's fair. looked pretty good. Not as many style. He is kind of wild. He yeah. he goes in there and he he looks almost uncaged. You know, he just he he throws down really hard. Um, it, it, it's hard to pick against him. He's looked so great, especially in his last fight, where you know he got a nice quick submission, allowed him to turn around real fast. Um, I think Brandon's a, a real fighting dog. I think that line's a little skewed. I I, I kind yeah, of would I imagine it being a little bit closer. Um, but I think it just has to do with a lot of momentum that a lot of people are getting on the, the hype train for Figueroa because he's looked insanely impressive. You know, he is really taking this weight division uh, by storm um, after Henry, you know, left it vacated. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the the success will continue. Um, but I think it, it could be a more challenging fight. But I thought th I thought about that that about Perez, too, and that ended up being short work. So who knows? But yeah, I, th I thought, you Figueroa. know, sad. I thought Perez was doing some good stuff in there and the, like the two minutes the fight landed. But like. I was I was interested in where it was going, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, St Steph Mark mentioned Henry. Henry's convinced Brandon Moreno is going to win this fight. I'm not sure why. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> uh, Figueroa. Um, he just seems a class above right now. Uh, he he's been winning and it's been looking easy. So, um, you know, I'm not certain it'll always look like that, but he does just seem like a class above. Yeah. Um. He, he's in his prime. He's a pretty young guy, isn't he? Like relatively, Davison. I don't think he's even has he even hit 30 I thought he was yet? like early 30s, like maybe 32. Or that seems like to be like the MMA sweet spot, man. 32. Um, it says his team from team 2018 to 2020, Team Alpha Male. Since then, Team Figueroa. He's like, I'm my own man now. Make my own nice title. 
You win the title, you leave. Camp of guys who can barely hold a belt. I'm my own. Yeah, you know what he is? He's like, he's like, he's like, I figured out how to beat uh, Benavides. I got all I'm going to get out of these people. Let me get out of here. Um, yeah, uh, clean sweep here for Figueroa. I think I like, I'm, I'm excited to watch him fight though. I, I'm, I'm into him. You know, Mark and I both, you know, we got on this to go. I feel like I'm on this train early, even though I think I picked him to lose to Benavides stupidly multiple times. Um, but we'll see. Co-main event, uh, Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. Uh, Tony Ferguson, I, have we seen him fight since, uh, Justin Gaethje beat his ass? No, that was his last fight. Yeah, that was a tough one. He got pummeled. That was, it started getting uncomfortable at the end there, how much of an ass kicking it got in the last couple rounds. It was the best performance of Gaethje's career right there. Uh, Charles Oliveira has really come into his own, honestly. We, it was a hard time. I guess people had a hard time getting past some of his early struggles. And I'm definitely one of those people, but he's put together seven straight wins, all finishes, Clay Guida. Christos Giagos, Jim Miller, David Tamor, Nick Lentz, Jared Gordon, Kevin Lee. Um, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six performance bonuses in those seven wins too. He basically could not done, could not been more impressive during this stretch. The betting line for this, Stefan. It's really close. Um, Tony Ferguson is coming in a slight favorite at uh-huh. minus 165 to plus 145 Charles Oliveira. I think more than anything, Steph, this is a real crossroads fight for Tony Ferguson. Um, he's 36 years old. He's taken a lot of damage in his 29 fights, man. The way he fights, a lot of damage. Only four losses, though. Only four losses. That loss against Gaethje was his first loss in like seven years, eight years. And um, I think you and I do this more than anybody, more than the rest of the guys in the podcast. Where you and I both think there's always a point where you're going to break Oliveira in a fight. Do you think Tony does it this time, or would you be going to get a, a slight upset by Charles Oliveira? I mean, it's interesting you go on me first because I was expecting to be the odd man to hang out my cojones here. I know you're all picking Tony. I'm going to take Charles. Um, for that, I, I like to prematurely call the downfall of a lot of guys, but. Very legitimately, Charles has the skill set to be in this fight. Um, mm-hmm. As slick as Tony is at grappling, Charles is really slick at grappling as well. Um, his standout has gotten remarkably better. Oh yeah, he's always been quick, but he has power now. Like he is hurting guys, he's dropping guys, he's really stunning them now. Um, and to what you said, is you know it could be wrong. I mistakenly called it with some fighters, but I've correctly called it in others. As you mentioned, Robbie earlier, it's. I always think of Rory McDonald. His career trajectory changed after that fight due to uh, the amount of damage he took. I'm not saying for sure that Tony's will, but like that combined with his age, it's not impossible to think it. He always took hits, even in his wins. That's part of why we respect him as a fighter. Is he he's got the he has endless heart, right? I think Marcus said it a thousand times. Nobody has that will and self confidence to believe in their capability than Tony. But at some point. That just abandons you. At some point, the will doesn't, the body can't overcome the will anymore. And meanwhile, Charles started so damn young in the UFC. He's like, been in the UFC since August of uh, August of 2010. I think he was just like 20 years old when he yeah, started. He's 30. So, he's 32 right now. So yeah, he was basically 20 so yeah, while, years old. While Tony is kind of about to begin the descent from his prime, Charles is rounding right into it. So, um, 
I, I guess in that sense, it makes it fair that the betting line is as close. But for their reputations, you would think Tony might come out as a big favorite here. But um, I'm going to go with a very live dog in Charles Oliveira. Uh, Mike, by the way, has taken Tony Ferguson. Um, Marcus, uh, what do you got here, brother? Yeah, um, I, I'm going with Tony as well. Um, not to, you know, dispute anything uh, Stefan said, you know, I, and I think, you know, this last run with Charles has been very impressive at lightweight. Um, just looking at records and looking at, I mean, because you look, you look at the last seven wins that Charles has, and it's like, damn, that is, I mean, re- really what it, this really comes down to is just tells you how fucking competitive lightweight is when these dudes have eight years of undefeated and, you know, can never get an actual title shots, all interim titles. And this guy here has seven straight wins. Um, but I, I still do go with Tony. I think it is fair to question where he's at after the last fight with Justin Gaethje, which was extremely grueling. And he really just got pummeled for most of it. He was, you know, losing that entire fight, you know, pretty handily until he was stopped. Um, I think it is completely fair to question, you know, what he's going to have in this um, skill set wise. I do think, you know, they match up pretty interestingly. Um, I think Charles will maybe have a little bit more tools to use in the stand-up. You know, he does utilize kicks a bit more than Tony does. He pretty much utilizes, you know, pretty straight boxing. Um, but I like Tony in the stand-up. I think he's too slick on the ground to get caught with anything uh, from Charles, which, I mean, he absolutely could, but we just you don't see. I mean, really, when, I, when it came down to picking this fight, I'm looking at the records, and Charles has a lot of green at the top, but then it gets a little splattered. You look at Tony, it's just like fucking eight years of nothing but wins and fight of the nights, which could, you know, contribute to his downfall of, you know, taking so much punishment. That's why you get fight of the night, not because you just smoked a guy because it was a competitive fight. Um, and then a few losses here and there, you know, it was really splattering. So um, I'm just playing the numbers on this one and picking Tony. Um, I, I do think Charles is a live dog. I do think he has a very good chance to to uh, perform somewhat of an upset here, but I'm going to go with the smart money and go with Tony. I just want to say, do you guys think we should ask these guys, like the UFC should ask these guys if they want to go five? Because I'm a little bit bummed this is only three rounds. It's weird. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like almost all of Tony's recent fights have been five-round fights. Um, I mean, I know this card, needed it. this card needed it when they lost their other title fight of uh, Aljo versus Peter Yan. I know it was a title on this one. Yeah, and they needed some, some. Nunes was going to be on this one at 1.2, I think, too. I think that was I a huge. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think Stefan made a really compelling case, honestly. So I'm going to I'm gonna go Oliveira here. I think I see. I, I mean, it's very. It's, we're very much just basing a lot of this based on what is the end game of what happened. What is the result of what happened in Tony of, of Tony Ferguson's last fight? And do you guys remember like a year and a half or so ago when Tony Ferguson's wife was saying that Tony was like having those really crazy paranoid stuff with his brain and all that shit? Do you remember that? Like troubling. It was very yeah, troubling. That was like you got all those real Ben, real weird Benoit vibes from him there at one point. Yeah, like, cut the wire out. Yeah, um, I didn't even get into it. Part of my not wanting to pick Tony. This has bugged me for some time, uh, and it just really pointed out what a grammar Nazi I am. I got really annoyed when Tony, after Khabib was talking about retirement, he was saying like, "I could, I can, I can." Uh, what did he say? I can uh, see in his words that he's scared of me. And I'm like, you can't see in his words. You hear his words. You read his words. You can't see his words. Tony, you interpret you're dumb. his words. You're dumb, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I told you guys there was this YouTube channel that was putting together highlights from different seasons of The Ultimate Fighter in like 15 minute packages. And I watched Tony Ferguson yell at that guy about his son the other day. <laughs> Just like, man, what a dick, Tony. Was. Well, it, it was funny because he was drunk <laughs> when he said it. Yeah. So then the next day, when he was like, 
you know what you said to this guy? You said some fucked up shit. And they tell him, and he's like, oh, no, I meant to say that. <laughs> that was not like in a drunken <laughs> stupor. I meant those things I said, and I'll say them to him now. And it's like, oh, okay, Tony. All right, uh, Tony. I forgot Tony was on Team Brock, too. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I think Stefan made a good case. We're just going to see, I guess. Um, I'm really excited for this. These top two fights, guys. Woo. I mean, I mean, I'm not they saying it's be, worth the money. They're yeah. asking for Puko Bucko. Yeah, they're I'm not saying. It's, yeah, um, pretty good top two fights there for this pay per view. Um, I be honest with you guys. I, I said we're going to pick the main card. I'm wondering who the fuck Rafael Fizlev is or Fiziev is. He's taking on uh, Hinato Moicano. He is eight and one overall, two straight wins over Alex White and Mark Diacasey. I think a lot of Mark Diacasey. Um, Hanato Moicano, um, a lot of the hype came to a halt on Hanato Moicano when, uh, Jose Aldo beat his ass. Um, just whooped that ass. And then, uh, Zombie whooped his ass in a minute. Um, turned around, beat Damir Hodzovic, who I don't know who that is. Um, betting line for this one, Steph. Uh, the guy we don't know is the favorite at minus 150 to Hinato Moicano's plus 130. I really put so. us in an un, uh, unenviable position here, guys. <laughs> well, don't worry, guys. I'll take the flyer on the unknown prospect. Yeah, I got uh, my, Mark, Mike is taking Moicano. Um, just letting you know. No, I already put all of us for Moicano until yeah. you laid that bombshell. Yeah. Um, oh, great. Uh, how, let me see how old the, the, rest of the guy is. <laughs> He's 27. He's Take not Moicano, he, guys. That's fine. I, I I don't have any inside information. He's a twenty nine and four Muay Thai fighter. Um, yeah, man, I'll take Moicano. Fuck it, I got Moicano. Mark, what do you got? Oh, well, thanks, Steph. I had a great joke lined up for this guy, and now I got to put your stupid name there. Yeah, I'm <laughs> gonna go with Moicano. I mean, I'm not gonna be surprised when he loses because. Unlike you, Bobby, his rise to the top, I never bought it. <laughs> I was just like, why is this guy think everyone thinks he's so great? And then he lost. I was like, okay, that's what I thought. Now things are making sense to old Mark. So I'm kind of <laughs> expecting him to lose this fight, but I'm not going to – I don't know who this other guy is. I can't just pick him because he's a favorite. He's got but. a lot of kickboxing matches, so I think Moikano might want to use that jujitsu of his, um, assuming it exists. Moikano has a uh, propensity to get beaten on the feet. In yes. his defeat. He yeah. gets very beaten on the feet. I'm I'm less I'm liking my pick less with every second here. Let's move on. Uh Kevin Holland, man recovering from COVID on the twenty eighth of November. It is December seventh. Let's hope he's okay. Um taking on Jacare Souza. Uh Jacare Souza, I feel, is losing a lot of fights. Am I mistaken in these thoughts? No, nah, he's lost two straight. He has no, not right. fought in a year. Um, I, he got pulled out of a fight for Jock for uh, COVID, though, right? He's an older man who also got COVID. Yeah, I know. I oh, think he, you're right. He sure. was the one where the first card they were going to have, Stefan says, I bet I, my guess is some one of these Brazilians is going to test positive for COVID. And the answer ended up, ended, up being, ended up being, I think you picked a different, you think you picked Verdum, but it ended up being Jacare. We're like, yeah, okay, close enough. <laughs> like we rolled with it. Um, Best fight odds, Stefan. What are the odds for this one? Uh, we got Kevin Holland as the slight favorite at minus one thirty to plus one ten. Jacare Sousa. Um, our friend Mike has picked. I want to say he picked Holland. Let me confirm that. Um, he picked Holland. Yeah, I got Holland too. Uh, I don't think Jacare's got anything left, guys. Honestly, I mean, I'm a big fan, but we're done here. I think. Mark, what do you think? Uh, I'm still going to go with Jacare. 
Uh, I honestly, in fairness, the other guys got COVID last week, so you could be right. (laughs) That's true. Um, I mean, the only name here that is like impressive on the old resume is uh, Buckley, the old Buckley boy. But he only became important like two fights ago because he did that spinning kick. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree that, you know, not picking against Souza because uh, he's lost his last two fights and has not looked good, I think is a fair criticism. Uh, But I I just like the old chap. And I'm hoping he still has something in him. I mean, I knew Bobby wasn't going to pick him. He thought he got cut. So what am I surprised about? Okay, that was a typo. But yes, in the rundown today, I said, yeah. It it was a typo, and I corrected you, and it was crickets. So I was like, am I wrong? He's on this card, right? I thought I saw a countdown <laughs> video with him wrapped up. I was like, that was him, right? Am I crazy? No. Um, Steph. I'm taking Holland, but my actual pick, and I demand a half point for when I get this correct, um, this fight will be uh, removed due to a COVID test. Um, if you have to pick who gets the COVID test. Though. One of these men is relapsing. You got you to pick one. Uh, you got to pick one, Steph. <laughs> I believe uh, Jacare is going to get it from Holland. Um, and they'll both have it. I'm going for a double positive on this one, fellas. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Um, and opening the show, Junior Dos Santos, Cyril Gane. Uh, Junior Dos Santos is still doing this thing, guys. Um, still only 36 years old, about three years away from heavyweight prime. Um, he has lost three straight and he got knocked out in all three of them. Um, the last one was by the biggie boy. Uh, Yair, Yair Zinho Rosenstruik. That guy's got a fun name. The nickname's fun. His name is fun. I have a good time talking about the biggie boy. Um, yeah. Um, Cyril Gane, on the other hand, 30 years old from French, from French, from France. Can't talk anymore. Um, seven and oh in MMA, five wins by knockout. We all know, uh, how much Junior thinks he's a boxer. Um, this gentleman, though, has got uh, two wins by submission in the UFC in his three fights. Arm triangle and heel hook. Um, I'm sorry, he's 6-0 and in MMA, 7-0 and in Muay Thai. Apologies. Uh, 30 years old, trains out of someplace called the MMA Factory. He's got wins over three people none of us know. Rafael Pessoa, Don Tale Mayas, and Tanner Boser. Um, what is the betting line for this, Steph? Um, in honor of this betting line, I'm uh, taking a edible piece of chocolate right now because uh, Gane is coming in at a minus 420 favorite. And uh, oh, this, hurts, <laughs> this hurts my soul. Junior Dos Santos is plus 335. Um, so Mike did not look at the betting odds. 100% is taking Junior Dos Santos. <laughs> so I got to make up for the fact that Tony Ferguson is probably going to win. So I'm going to take Cyril Gane. In this one. Um, Steph, I'm assuming you're taking Cyril Gane too with the odds like that? No, and this is why I don't like this fight. I have a very basic rule, Bobby. I don't pick against guys I own the shirt of. And Junior's shirt is a high-quality premium Nike shirt. I'm not just giving that to the Salvation Army. It's a very comfortable shirt. I'm going to own it for a long time, so I'm going to keep picking Junior for as long as he continues to fight. He's a massive, massive underdog in this. But, um, yeah, I'm taking Junior. That rule right there is why Stefan will not pick anybody who was ever sponsored by – who will not pick against anybody ever sponsored by Dethrone. Um, Marcus, who do you got? Uh, I mean, I was going to pick Junior, too, even with the lops – until I heard that line. You're like, oh, these guys might not. know something. <laughs> Me, too. I was, just you like, know, I was like, well, I don't think any of the other guys are going to pick 
Jr. with me. And then when you mentioned Mike, it's like, okay, he didn't see the line. I get that. That makes sense. But then when Stefan also makes it, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the numbers on this one, mostly because I'm not on the, the, the uh, previous. I guess when I was thinking about picking JDS, I was like, you know what? I'm just not – I'm not feeling picking – against guys this week i want to pick four guys i don't know who the fuck gane is so i'm i'm not i'm not going to pick against junior but you know sometimes the numbers are just so strong i else's favor you've been a real champion this year in the picks you're truly having one of the best picks years any of us have ever had pick with your well, i'm also blowing it that this card could be a real blow shot to me i'm thinking <laughs> a lot i'm on some ledges here and you know we could be diverging. It could be a close on our last paper or our last card for next week. Uh, I, I, think, I think yes, I think picking Wonder Boy and the guy he's fighting. <laughs> oh, we'll um, see. So you got Gane. I do. I so do. We're two, split it there. Okay. Um, before we put a bed, put a bed this card to bed. We also got Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson's on this card. Okay, Cub Swanson taking on Daniel Pineda. Um, I root for Cub Swanson in general. I hope he wins that fight. Also, um, the underdog. Jesus. Uh, Mackenzie Dern taking on Verna John Daroba. Um, and Tisha Torres taking on the vaunted TBD. Yes. Uh, uh, Angela Hill just came down with COVID. So. Did <laughs> she just, that, that just happened? Uh, I mean, I heard, I read about it earlier today. I was oh, okay. like, oh, that's too bad. Um, I like that TBD has a Wikipedia page. Makes me happy. Uh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I like how there's TBD Wikipedia page and there's three actual fighters on this card that do not. Yes, exactly. Um, somebody wrote canceled next to one of these fights on Wikipedia too. Chase Hooper. Um, yeah, White Grant in uh, the Chinese tough winner Li Jingling. Mm. God, I'm not even trying to be racist. I'm just that bad at pronouncing names. Hopefully the listeners know. Uh, yeah, I guess Dwight Grant got COVID and I guess they just outright canceled that fight. I mean, there's not a lot of notice, so. Yeah, uh, Chase Hooper, somebody I was interested in, and then the man said a bunch of stupid-ass shit. Doesn't he look like uh, Askren? Is that the kid? Yeah, he's the one who went up to Masvidal and said, you knocked my dad out, and Masvidal right. thought he was no, serious. Um, anyway, um, that's it for UFC 256. It's this Saturday. Uh, you can give the UFC $65 if you want to watch it. In HD. In HD. I think it's just 65 Right? Do they even do standard definition? I don't know. <laughs> I just you know you click on ESPN Plus, you say bye, and you hope it works because ESPN no, Plus point. is a joke. Um, all right, let's do stuff we like. Um, I'll go first. Uh, just real quick, Steph, you didn't watch any of Takeover, right? I didn't catch any of it. Okay. Spoil away though. I don't really. You know, I'm not. I'm not worried about spoilers. I'm okay. So uh, Takeover uh, War Games, the NXT's pay per view offering. I just want to start this off by saying I don't like this Sunday pay per view shit for NXT. All right. Just, I don't. I'm a big fan of Saturday with these things. So, um, I was telling Steph this earlier today where I don't find it necessary for them to have to put a male and female version of every specialty match on the card. And I get why they do it, but I feel it just makes the card, makes like two really long fucking matches. And then it kind of like dilutes them, you know? If, you know, the whole of everything, if everybody's special, nobody's special type shit, you know, like that. I um, saw Simon Miller make a comment. Um, that's one of those talking heads who I enjoy with pro wrestling. He said uh, his problem with it is because they have to feel the need to be different than each other. Is it what kind of makes it ridiculous, right? Like, well, we can't do the same spots, yeah. even though it's the same type of cage to ring match. 
So like you said, it, you kind of start reaching in some of the stuff you're doing just yeah. because they need to stand out apart from each other, even though they're right next to each other. Especially in this case where the men's match was literally a four-man team feuding with a four-man team. There was an actual feud based on four-on-four. Four. In the women's match, it was more so a two-person feud where the pride of Oakland, our girl Shotzi Blackheart, the Filipina dream. I made that up right now. But, you know, one of Stefan's people. Um, she had a real feud going with Miss um, Candace LeRae when I was just thinking, I'm like, why don't they just have a match with, like, a cage? Or a I mean, make them just have a match, you know, like a ladder. Maybe make some, give a reason for it. But instead, we got six other women in there. It was a good match. I mean, look, they're entertaining matches, these War Games matches. It's basically, it's a giant spot fest. Um, Eo Shirai all came out riding on a big tank. Yeah, they got Shotzi a new tank. Shotzi got a new tank. Um, it was cool. Um, and then Eo Shirai climbed the cage from the outside with a trash can and then put the trash can on and then on, over her body and then jumped off onto the other women. And that was real cool. Um, and I love Eo Shirai. And that was really fun. Um, it was, you know, these matches are rough, man. Candice LeRae broke her arm in it. That sucks. You know, real rough there for me, you know, and she's crazy. She does crazy ass matches all the time. Been that way since the Indies, but it was a good time. You know, um, the heels won. Um, Raquel Gonzalez, who's a, looks huge. All the women in NXT are like five foot six, five foot five. So I can't really get a gauge of how tall she is, but she looks to be close to six foot tall. Um, got a clean win over the champion, Pindio Shirai. So. That was uh, that was real cool. So we'll see what goes there. Uh, there's a guy named Timothy Thatcher in NXT that I think Mark would really like because he's just all about that catch wrestling, and he just looks grimy, and he's got like a weird fucked up teeth, and his cauliflower ear got busted in this match too with uh, Tommaso Ciampa. They just grappled for a while. Oh yeah, uh, he's just got like the plain trunks. He's basically yeah. Mark's uh, creator wrestler. Yeah, that's basically what mode. he is. Yeah, that's Mark. They made him. It's in the U. It's in the U. Uh, the guy that beat. Uh... Velveteen Dream. Remember, we went no. to the house show and we saw Velveteen Dream, and it was the first time he came out as. Oh no! This like... is this is a new guy. This is a oh, new okay. guy. Right. Okay, um, but I must. I see. Whenever I see him, I'm like, if Mark cared about wrestling, he would really like this guy. Um, yeah, I'll be honest, man. Some of the stuff when I watch NXT now, I'm just like, all right, there is uh, QAnon referee. All right, there is fucking Blue Lives Matter Champa. Let me just you know put that aside in my head while I watch this bullshit. It was a good match, though, honestly, putting that aside, just because after this crazy spot fest, they really just grinded. And the guy's cauliflower ear did get busted. There was blood all over the place. It's fucking gross. Nice. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> Pardon me. Um, Dexter Loomis, which, Steph, I want you to describe his gimmick, because I think your, your description's better than whatever the reality is. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know what his deal is. I think he's got a good look. He kind of just looks like a serial killer. Yeah. Like, just got like slacks on he wears like the leather gloves i i feel like his name is dexter loomis because he's kind of a play on dexter yeah but that's, like that's, uh, that's what I got. Know, he's got the mustache um but the one thing is when he takes off that shirt he i i saw i guess he was in tna years ago as like a surfer bro mm -hmm. his tattoos are horrendous and he got a really really bad cover-up job it's like he just drew he had like tribal symbols and a superman tattoo on his arm and so he decided to cover up. And I've seen it where people just go jet black over it. But the guy didn't even do that well. So you can still see his tattoo under it. So it's like they didn't use a dark enough black to even make like a... It's a real... That's the one thing that really breaks the immersion for me. His tattoos are god-awful. And this is someone who has two nearly fully sleeved arms themselves. But those are bad. They're distractingly bad for me. Um, 
Johnny, Gar oh, uh, yeah, him and Cameron Grimes. I'm not, I don't know Cameron Grimes a lot. Um, he kind of just looks like a hillbilly. Oh, I know him because uh, they talk about him on Mass Man Pod. His whole deal is he's like a real moonshine guy. He does that yeah. accent. Yeah. So I'm a real southern guy, and I'm yeah. a little beanie. I mean, it was fine. It was a strap match. I don't know why everything had to be a fucking gimmick in this show, man. Every match, basically. Um, Gargano, Damian Priest, and Leon Ruff. I don't know the story a lot, but my understanding is Leon Ruff is just some, like, NXT rookie, and he won the championship. Oh, he's a jobber that yeah. they let take the title. Yeah. And then um, it was a triple threat match. Um, and then Johnny Gargano has a group of people dressed in scream masks. And one of them, and then one of them unmasked, and it was Austin Theory, who had been away for allegations during the um, speaking out movement, where a bunch of we learned about a bunch of wrestlers are horrible people um, in terms of sexual harassment and assault in some cases. Yeah, that happened. It was okay. And then the men's war games match with uh, the undisputed era, who are baby faces now, um, taking on uh, Team Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee being a former NFL punter um, who got drunk and one time as a, while he was actively in NFL, got drunk and bought a wrestling ring. And he's just a wrestling super fan, honestly. And he's uh, for, a, you know, a celebrity, I guess, celebrity wrestler. Kid, the guy's great. He really takes to it. I mean, he's an athlete. I know punters get a lot of jokes, but he's an athlete. So he did a bunch of crazy spots. He did a, like a moonsault. He did a, a swanton which, if you're not a wrestling fan, is a front flip off the top of this cage. Um, that was real cool. Um, Pete, uh, Pete, you know Pete Dunn's finish, Steph? That weird, like, pump handle into the pump thing? Pump handle into the flatliner? Yeah, he did that to Adam Cole, but instead Adam Cole took it on a chair, chest on, on top of his ribs. That looked... Adam Cole does stuff sometimes, and I'm just, I feel bad. I feel he's taking a lot of abuse here. Um... But that was like 45 minutes, man. That was a long match. They so always long. kill Adam Cole first when they play Among Us. Poor Chugs. Yeah. But, uh, so um, that's what I have for NXT. Um, AEW had Winter is Coming, their event, which is a nice five-year-old wrestling uh, reference. It's longer than five years. Probably well, how long ago was season one of Game of Thrones? Eight years ago, probably. That's how long. That's how bad probably of a reference a it was. Full decade now. Yeah. That's classic wrestling, man. Ten-year-old reference. That's you know. Um, Kenny Omega turned heel, won the championship, um, is going to show up on a different promotion show on Tuesday, and um, Sting showed up, and I got to be a 12-year-old again for a moment where I was like, oh, I remember Sting. It used to be great. Good Lord, he's old. I hope he doesn't wrestle. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was real cool. Um, so yeah, that's uh, what I got out of the wrestling this week. Um, and you should all watch Up, Up, Down, Down, Uno. That's what I do now for fun. Watch them play Uno. And Stefan played Uno with me because he was, he felt some of the brunt of my Uno watching, basically, and had to play. So that's what I got this week. Steph, I'm assuming you got yeah. some Mandalorian and other stuff. <laughs> we, we played uh, that Uno. Uh, you sh I showed up and I won a game. Mm -hmm. And then Mike decided he wasn't going to quit until he won again. Um, and then he never won again. And he just got too tired that he couldn't be a man of his word. That's yeah, we were, playing till, we were playing till like 1140 our time, which is 240 Mike's time. <laughs> Yeah, so, shit, but he was always in a losing game. We were all yeah. on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Well, once Mike said he's not going to go sleep until he wins, we all just kind of decided we got to make sure Mike doesn't win this. That was very clear. Uh, just ahead, some, um, but anyways, in terms of stuff I like, it's just some little things, uh, mostly in the gaming world. Um, Among Us got a new mod that I've been watching some streamers play with. It's uh, called Proximity Chat. 
And um, it's just a new wrinkle in how you can play it. You know, if you're familiar with the game, kind of when you're not in the meetings and not in the initial lobby, you kind of have this uh, gentleman's agreement where everyone's quiet, you know. But uh, there's a mod on the program now that you can chat, but you can only be heard by people in your vicinity. So it's kind of like a real world thing. The further you get away from someone, the fainter their voice become till it just sounds like they're a faint whisper down the hallway or something. So uh, it's just a new wrinkle in playing the game. I've been seeing a lot of streamers have fun with it. It's pretty funny, especially because uh, you don't necessarily know where they are either, but you start hearing them. Um, so it's another way people have been creepy as the imposters. Uh, it's just fun. Um, a streamer I like uh, named uh, Video Game Donkey. Uh, he has a bit of a series going on. Mark, I don't know if you ended up checking it out. I remember I pitched it to you, um, his most recent series of videos. Um, but yeah, he put out a video uh, last week where he was like, I'm no longer going to make good videos. And he kind of just talked about uh, kind of an issue in the industry where, you know, he writes out these full scripts. He does all this editing. But ultimately, um, in terms of YouTube views, they're just dwarfed by people who just load upstreams. People just do reaction videos, right? Real low effort content. Um, and it's not a judgment because I consume a lot of that stuff. There's a time and a place for it. But it just significantly outperforms people who actually craft these video essays and really put a lot of work into it. So he started doing the shit posting like, oh, I'm going to do Among Us Tuesdays, Minecraft Wednesdays. Uh, drama Mondays, and the dude's been doing it every day. He's uploaded like a new shit posting video. Um, he's living up to it, but you can tell he's fully sarcastic. He's doing it for fun. Um, we're all waiting for the payoff where he says, I'm done making bad videos and goes back to his normal format. But um, Dunkey is just someone I find really funny, and I'm enjoying this little thing he's doing. Um, and in turn, my last stuff I like, uh, it's the biggest guilt that I say that this is stuff I like. Um, after nearly, I don't know, seven years, I fell off the wagon. I'm playing World of fucking Warcraft again. Um, <laughs> that shit is just the reason so many people's GPAs plummeted in college for myself. Um, that game was called Warcrack, uh, not a exaggeration whatsoever. It was truly, I think, EverQuest was the first kind of MMO I had ever really heard of, kind of globally captivate everyone. Um, but then World of Warcraft was the one that really just took it to the next level. Um, the fact that it's still churning out content like today, it's like my non-gaming optimized laptop runs it like and at the highest settings. Like that's how old this game is now. Um, you used to need right graphic cards, right RAM, you know, because this game would be really taxing on your system. But now any basic PC off the shelf can play it. Um, but that said, it's kind of fun. You know, um, I'm definitely not going to be playing it with the time commitment that I used to because uh, I no one has the time for that anymore. But uh, yeah, you know, when you kind of get back in the world, you start seeing the scope of it. You start getting these nostalgia moments of like, I get why I like this game so much. I get why it's fun. But I will say this. I have a problem in this game and that's nothing I'm intentionally doing. Um, a lot of lonely ass dudes who play World of Warcraft end up thinking I'm a woman. Uh, I'm not doing anything to pretend to be a woman but i know they think i'm a woman because they're being really nice to me all of a sudden we've ended the group but they're still pinging me whispers and just asking me about what i'm doing and i've deduced why they think i'm a woman i speak in complete sentences and i'm generally nice and that's all it takes to be considered oh this might be a real life woman so um that's one of my issues in these online games uh i, I doubt any of you suffer these same fates 
But um, I don't do the voice chat thing. I don't want to break their hearts and reveal that it's been a guy all along. But uh, anyways, that's my Warcraft rant. That's my story for this, this week. This is step. This is conversation one of a fifteen conversation sec of a. <laughs> 15 conversation, you know, path that ends with Stefan starting an OnlyFans. I just want to start uh, like, that out I, there. I'm retiring from the corporate world. These simps are giving me money thinking I'm a woman. So, uh, you know what? Uh, I saw this thing where it's like, have you guys heard of VTubers? Mm-hmm. Where it's right. like, they use like anime female avatars, so you don't even actually see the person behind it. It's completely digital. But okay. they treat them like they're a live streamer. And people give them donations. People just watch them talk about things. And I'm like, that could be me, guys. I could be the man <laughs> behind the new hot anime sensation. Whatever. Did I, did, I, did I say 15? I'm down to eight. We're down to eight already. Stefan's already getting the, the, the wheels are turning. Look, we're all trying to figure out how to make some income in this current COVID world. I, I got to get out of the rat rate, guys. So if I tell you that, that's what I'm doing. But um, yeah, so World of Warcraft. Join me and Eddie. Yeah, um, before we go to our friend Mark here with his stuff we like, I just want to say Dana White, I still appreciate him when he wants to shit on something that I can get on board with is when he's shitting on this Mayweather-Logan Paul fight. He says, when people ask me what's the state of boxing right now, that's where it's at. Didn't that kid get beat up by the fucking video game kid from England and now he's fighting Floyd Mayweather? That's what Dana White's good for, really. Moments like this. Not actual work. Dana White doesn't get it. He says that's the state of boxing. I've wanted to watch that Tyson event with all that shit more than any other boxing. You and Mike occasionally bring up real boxers, great lightweights, great heavyweights. I don't care about any of them, Bobby. But you tell me that the video game guy wants to beat up the asshole YouTube guy, I'm in. You, I'm in you, you, you mentioned streamers. Are you familiar with uh, – I'm, I'm going to make my real old man about this now. Um, Mr. Beast, this guy he's on YouTube. Still he's still going. Yeah, so he's got, like, a gaming channel. I watched him play. Someone made a 3D version of Among Us, like a modded version. That seems real difficult. And I was just immediately like, how do I play this? Because I feel I'd make this game impossible. Because it's not... The appeal of the game is how simple it is. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's not meant to be challenging. Yeah. Um, anyway, Marcus, what do you got this week, man? <laughs> uh, Yeah. Let's start out with stuff I actually like, and I'll get into some stuff I don't like as much, but still needs to be stated. Um, so the thing I like, I've actually been watching this on Disney Plus in between uh, some Mando episodes here and there. Um, there's a Marvel show called Marvel 616, which is kind of like a more documentary style uh, miniseries where they basically take one kind of subject of Marvel comics or the Marvel universe, if you will, um, and kind of just highlight that. Um, so I think the first episode was actually really interesting, and I talked to stuff about it earlier. So something that I wasn't really familiar with, but Stefan has like um, in Japan they had like in the seventies they had a Spider-Man show that was more based off of like Stefan. Do you know what they call those Power Ranger shows? Uh, it was more based specifically on Kamen Rider, which then right. began the Power Ranger shows. But yeah. Yeah, so it was. I, I thought that was a really interesting first episode, kind of you know saying how they they tried to remarket Spider-Man in Japan specifically for that audience. Um, and I'll just give a little spoiler. What was the cutest part of that episode is the the female lead and male lead, the guy who plays Spider Man, or just charisma is all hell. And at one point, they tell like the Japanese guys, like, "Oh, do you know Stan Lee's like seen the show?" And he's like, "Oh no, I, I didn't know that." He's like, "He actually really likes it." I was like, "Stan Lee likes my show," and he was just so fucking honored, honored, and just happy to like that Stan Lee actually watched the show and enjoyed it. I thought that was really cute. 
Um, most of the other episodes do deal more with comics. Um, more what, next episodes about female writers and comics. There's an episode about the artists that do the comics. There's a really weird commentary, like a comedy episode where it's Paul Shear pitching an animated Marvel show. And I mean, it, it, it's kind of fun in like a mockumentary uh, kind of way, but I've really kind of enjoyed the series. Another one about uh, Marvel Mark, cosplay. Can I say the stuff. thing that you didn't spoil about Spider-Man Japan that I thought you would spoil is he's got a giant robot mech. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that, 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 you have all these fucking robots and they have nothing to do with science. Summons a giant mech. Yeah, he, he summons a giant... Um, Oh shit! What's in uh? What's the cat from Egypt? Like the, a sphinx? It's a giant sphinx, and they're like, "Why was it a sphinx?" He's like, "I don't know. It just seemed cool." Okay, you think it's gonna be spider related? It is. No, it's not it's at all. Not it's not a spider themed mech at all. It's not. But it, it it was it looked like it was a very fun, endearing show. Um, so I, I really I, I've dug uh, Marvel six one six. I haven't quite finished the series off. Uh, but a couple things that one I not that I necessarily didn't like it, but um. Uh, reviews and the game uh, Cyberpunk 2077 comes out this week. Uh, and reviews launched uh, today when we're recording this on Monday. And overall, the ones I've seen have been positive, but there's a lot of caveats with what they were able to review, what they were able to show in their reviews. That has me a little worried. Um, mostly it was only PC builds. And in the video reviews, they couldn't use any of their own footage. So they couldn't show you any like weird bugs they came across. It was only footage provided by um, CD Projekt Red. Um, and while I heard that the game is still really fun, I also heard it's plagued with bugs. Um, and my big concern having a base PS4 is that it's just going to run like shit. And I'm not really a guy that cares about frame rates and stuff like that. But I, it has made me hesitant to jump on board right away. Um and I'm kind of feeling of using something I hardly ever use when it comes to video games, some self-restraint, and just holding off. I kind of want to see what people say about the base PS4. There is supposed to be a huge day one patch that hopefully is addressing a lot of these issues. Um, you know, and I, I'm kind of thinking, worst case scenario, if it comes out and the PS4 version's rocking and rolling pretty good and people can recommend it, maybe I'll ask for the game for Christmas or something. But otherwise, I'm kind of being cautious about this one, even though I have nothing but respect for CD, uh, CD Project Red um, and what they've done in the industry. But there's been a lot of warning signs with this one, especially if you have a, a base PS4 or a base Xbox One, it might kind of under-deliver. So I'm a little cautiously optimistic about that. And then one thing I'm just fucking pissed off about, Best Buy fucked up my Marvel's Capcom uh, arcade cabinet that I pre-ordered two months ago, and I am mad about it because it was supposed to come on Friday, and granted, it did it, and I'm like, okay, fair game, and I'm trying to keep track of it. I called them on Saturday. They're like, okay, no, we definitely had the system, and we shipped it to OnTrack, and they just delayed it. So in a couple of days, you'll get a new notification of when it's to be delivered. I was like, all right, whatever. This morning, I go to check it, and now it won't load. It won't load my tracking number anymore. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I called them up, and the guy on Best Buy is like, eh, well, you know, sometimes we lose packages, so uh, do you still want this thing, or you want your money back? I was like... Motherfucker, of course I want this thing. I paid big-ass bucks two months ago for this. I'm not just going to let you ride off into the sunset with my fucking arcade machine. So, you know, I had to do some wheeling and dealing. I should still get the fucking machine, but I'm really pissed off. I fucking pre-ordered it. And now it's just like if I would have just, just bought it off the website today. So, not happy about that, but still very excited to get that arcade cabinet, which I've been looking forward to for quite some time. So, um, hopefully Man, next I'll, I'll week... I went to the office today expecting it to show up and be like, Mark, the video game machine is here. And then I was waiting for you to show up and be like, Mark, I want to see it. <laughs> let's, let's make well, some stuff happen. It, so that wasn't going to happen there. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so hopefully next week, the thing I like is my new Marvel vs. Capcom machine from Arcade 1-Up, but I can talk about all the great things 
that uh, and all the great times I've had playing it and remembering going to the arcade. But right now I'm just fucking pissed off that they could not get their shit together and just basically lost my arcade. It it weighs 90 pounds. How the fuck did you lose that shit? This is bullshit. Someone from on track is playing my Marvelous Capcom right now off my dime and I'm not having it. So do, do you remember week. when we were leaving the office on Friday and you're like on track? I'm like, yeah, that's the worst one. And you're like, okay, yeah. great. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, speaking of on track, uh, I was walking Lump this weekend, and I see this like janky, like I'm gonna kidnap your children white van, mm -hmm. and it has the jankiest, like looks like it was handwritten on track logo on it, and I'm like, that's the vehicle they use. I'm like, that is. They don't even I, have I a uniform most of the time. They don't have a uniform most of the time. The guy yeah. was uh, had the mask, but was intentionally not wearing it. Like he's showing you that he had it on his head. But mm -hmm. he's not actually going to cover his face with it. So uh, everything was wrong with that picture. And I'm like, okay, I have no, I do not have a high opinion of on track. And, and the thing that the most wrong thing about that, Stefan, was that he did not have a Marvel versus Capcom cabinet in that fucking truck. He should have been delivering to me. That was his biggest mistake. But yeah, hopefully next week. Um, so um, that's it for this week. Um, we've entered, I'm just going to get real here for a moment. We've entered into stay at shelter in place 2.0 here in the Bay Area. Um, guys, I would really like to see my friends and stuff. Like, I saw Stefan a month ago, was it, maybe? Three weeks ago? For the first time in eight months. We'll not be seeing Stefan again till February, at least, is what it's looking like. Um, I, Guys, let's just, come on. We're so close. Let's just, like, get our shit together for, like, three, four months. Yeah. You vaccine's know, on the, the way, baby. The vaccine's on the way. And if you don't want to take the vaccine, that's fine. I'd like to take the vaccine. So let's get me to the point where I can take the vaccine. All right? And at that point, we just go everybody for themselves. That's fine. I don't care about you at that point. But generally speaking, let's just wear a fucking mask. This isn't that complicated, man. You know, it's really not. It's not worth it. I mean, don't you feel like an asshole when you don't? I know I do. The few times I've walked out of my apartment to walk... Uh, Zena without a mask. I'm like, oh, fuck. I didn't wear a mask. And now every person I see probably thinks I'm a huge fucking asshole. And they don't because in my apartment complex, all of the stupid ass white people do not wear masks. They probably just think there's another dumb cracker going out, coughing around and sneezing on shit. They don't give a fuck. But everyone else of any minority is always wearing a mask. I hate it. I mean, I love that they wear it. I hate that all these white people don't. Uh, yeah, just guys, please wear a mask. That's all I'm asking. It'd be nice. Um, anyway. We'll be back next week. Um, I don't know if there's a card. There, there, a Wonder Boy. There's definitely Wonder a card. Boy and Neil. That's a good fight, but I mean, he's Marlon Vera, Jose Aldo. Is that on the card still? Is that really a thing? There's got to be some bad. COVID cancellations. You have to assume. Greg Hardy, assuming he doesn't get cut. Is there, why is there so? Why are there so many? I feel this is not right. Best fight. Yeah, I, be the best now that like, card might have been like weirdly stacked for a pay per view that could have used a little more uh, firepower. But yeah, because if it's really this many good fights, I'm like, why didn't? Why aren't they doing this in the moment where they charge people? They usually trade? have a big year end show, but I mean, come on, it's twenty. Is this the last one? Is that, it is. They're not doing another one till till the new so year. December. When, I can't even. See, I don't even see it on MMA Junkie. This card. All right, whatever. I closed what, it, so. <laughs> right, whatever. It's fine. If there's a card, we'll talk about it. If not, I don't know. Me and Stefan will put together a bracket uh, with our favorite romantic comedies. We're going right? to go into the bracket, boys. We're, we're going we're gonna to make one about my favorite romantic comedies and why Harry Met Sally is a classic, but maybe not the best one. 
Actually, I don't know. I don't have a better one off the top I, of my head. I, have, I don't have any strong opinions on any romantic comedy. I think that's almost by design. <laughs> I think they just all kind of blend together, man. Exactly. If we just look at Kate Hudson's last, like, or Kate Hudson's career. You just start checking boxes. There's a, they're all on there. Everyone um, loves love, actually. No one finds that, like, offensive. I had problem with love, actually, when I watched it as a kid. Especially once that little boy ran through the airport security sliding under security. I'm like, pfft. This little a, kid was. It was a pre nine eleven world. Uh, I don't think it was. I think it was two thousand and two. I'm just saying, if I if I try to pull that shit off, ten years old or not, they would have put two bullets in my ass before I made it to the fucking Hudson Newsstand. All right, that's what would have happened there. Well, you know, maybe you should just stop suspiciously standing next to Mark's luggage. You know, sure. so menacing. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a real. That's a deep cut right there. For our adventures in the past. All right, guys. Um, we'll be back next week. We'll have Lavender Goobs with us. We'll uh, we'll talk about something. You know, Mark might talk about Cyberpunk. We'll see. I don't think he's going to really? get it, though, in the next week. But maybe he'll talk about his arcade machine. So we'll so. learn about it. Mark's like, God, please, I hope so. Um, but, yeah, please wear your masks. I feel I've been saying this a lot. So maybe you're not listening. Maybe the 200 people. Actually, you know what? The 200 people who listen to this podcast, I bet they, they definitely do. They I know do you listen. do, listener. You're because at this point, you, you're, you wouldn't be able to listen to this podcast at this point. We would have annoyed you. Not only do they throw on the mask, Bobby, it says it's M Amazing Radio right on that fucker. So they're advertising for I, I, I was going to do an It's M Amazing Mask at one point, And I realized, how do you just get one mask made? <laughs> it seemed really difficult. <laughs> you know, like, sir, this is not in our best interest to do this for you. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I'll be back next week. Thank you all for listening so much. I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was DJ Mark. Peace out. See ya. Cheers.